0: Welcome to the latest word from the church at Severn Run. Our church is located in Severn, Maryland and is easily accessible from anywhere in the D.C. Baltimore area. You can subscribe for regular updates or check in weekly for the latest information by using our website, Severnrun.com. Thank you for visiting. And now, today's message. Jesus said in Matthew five forty-eight again, the context being the Sermon on the Mountain, um, just want to remind you of the very obvious. This is Jesus, the Son of God, speaking. Before this time, there was law, there were rabbis, there was legalism. Now, the heart of God is beating on earth. Now, the very voice of God is speaking into the very ears of men and women and boys and girls in a way that never happened before. So let's hear in context the words of Jesus. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now, reading these words without that fuller context, I find them very discouraging. <laughs> you know, some, of you, some of you know why I find them discouraging, don't you? Because it's like, ah, you know, it's like, I already feel like such a failure at times in my spiritual life that there's no way I can do this. But that's only in reading these words outside of the living voice of Jesus. And when you read them and understand them and imagine them in the context of their speaking, their giving, everything changes. Now, you've heard it said before um, that therefore is a, is a key word. I mean, in, in, in Greek, there really is a word that's like, mm, you know, there and, and says pay attention. And the old cliche says, when you see therefore, you look to see what it's... Okay, you guys did really good on this side, but I'm going <laughs> to work with this side. When you see a therefore, you look to see what it's... Therefore. And... And that therefore here is in light of all that Jesus is, in light of the fact that, that God himself has left heaven and invaded earth, in light of the fact that the very Son of God has come to save, that, that, that everything has changed, that before hearts were stoned, now they can be beating and alive, before there was death and now there's life, before there was human religion, now there is the kingdom of heaven come to earth. And therefore, in light of all that Jesus has done for us, in the light of the gift of heaven, therefore, I want you to understand something Jesus said. Be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Now, perfect is not perfectionism. Now, we want to be really clear from the start that we're not talking about perfectionism. Perfectionism is a disease. It is idolatry. Perfectionism is the expectation that things can and will be perfect here on Earth. And it's a lie. It's going to be about as successful as you imagining buying, oh, I don't know, vacation property in Syria. You know, okay, I know ISIS is in control of the area, but, but I, the land is cheap. And I'm going to buy some vacation property there and, uh, and it's going to be, a, I'll build myself a great life there. I'm thinking, probably not. And in the same way, we live in hostile territory, a, an utterly broken world that desperately needs to be redeemed. Everything's broken. Everything needs to be redeemed. And so, the idea that you could build, um, you know, some of you military guys who've served in Iraq and Afghanistan, the idea that you can build... Um, you know, a nice vacation home in a Taliban-controlled area or with ISIS, probably you would understand more than the rest of us how unrealistic that is. Translate that into the idea that you and I cannot build a, a perfect little world for ourselves here in this broken, big world. Heaven's coming, but this isn't it. So perfectionism uh, again, is is idolatry in that it is trying to force heaven into earth, and that's not what God is interested in doing. God is interested in saving you and leading you from earth to heaven and the new earth. So, so the idea here is to be perfect. Okay, perfect means of full age. It means mature. Uh, full-grown or complete. It means finished in purpose. And the idea, uh, the the Greek word teleos is is sometimes contrasted in this this context with another Greek word for the child. So you have basically the picture of growth comparing a, a, a child and an adult and saying, you know, don't let anything keep you from growing until you become all that you were supposed to be. And, and this is not about doing first, okay? This is about being first. You are not a human doing, you are a human being. And so the, the call of God is not to do and earn. It is to be and live. And that's what God wants us to do, is to be as whole and mature and complete Uh, as all the fullness of God himself. And and, and so, so I want to ask you a question. Why settle for less than God's best? Why settle for being less than God's best? Be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. And so beyond perfectionism, there is this God call on your life to keep growing to not settle, to refuse to stay and live small. So, so again, I want to ask you the question, as you look in the mirror, why settle for being less than, than the best, your best? Now, there's all kinds of answers and all kinds of reasons. But remember, we're not talking about acting religious, but about living from a changed heart. It's, you know, I, I cannot live from your heart. I, I can't do it. The only way that's even possible is if, is if we got a heart transplant and, and, and my diseased heart was replaced by your healthy one, but then that's going to cost you. And, and that's really the picture of what we're talking about here. You cannot on your own, in your own strength, live in a way that accomplishes the meaning of Matthew 5.48 from your heart. But you were never designed to. You're not even being asked to. So this isn't a case of, of having to be good enough. It is simply a case of love letting a heart replacement, a heart exchange, happen. So that you let go of your old, broken, dying heart. And you allow the, the heartbeat of Jesus to, to exist in inside of your, your chest. So... So most people attempt to live from knowledge and and that's impossible. That's why you're tired. You know, I really do believe that religious people uh, may be so angry and mean because they're tired. Because it's hard to try to to live Jesus from knowledge. It's wearing and, and it just wears you out. It drains you. There's no life to it. But when we stop trying to live from knowledge... And realize that Jesus has only lived from the heart. That's the whole message of the Sermon on the Mount. It's about the heart. You have heard it say, but I say to you. you, You've heard it say, don't, you know, do this. Don't actually commit adultery. But I'm saying to you, the heart goes so much deeper into the reality of your desire and your belief about what you want and what you think will satisfy you. Jesus goes straight for the heart. And so when we live from the heart of God, everything changes. And, and then we have to answer this question, why would we settle for being less than God's best? Now, there's a lot of reasons for that. Sometimes, um, you know, we, we look in the mirror and we don't like what we see. You know, so we, we think, well, I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable. Well, that's Crazy wrong, that's calling God a liar. God has said that He loves you and He's not ignorant. He knows you and He has said that you are worthwhile. Remember, you didn't just pop into being on planet Earth in the cosmos. You were created by design from the very heart of God. So that for you and I to look in the mirror and not not accept what we see is to also reject God. You know, I, I, uh, I make fun of my being bald and stuff, um, follically challenged, as it were. But the simple reality is that I, I'm grateful I look like I, I look. You know, I, I, the last thing in the world I need is to be an attractive guy attracting a lot of women. I don't need that. <laughs> you know, I've got one. She's awesome. And, and I'm good. And the simple truth is that you were created by God exactly as he wanted you to be. So, so it is from hell. You've got to understand what, you know, what cancer is to the body. Satan is to the soul and to your spirit. And as cancer is the body turning on itself and consuming itself, that is what Satan and his spirit will do with your spirit. He will get you to turn on yourself and consume yourself so that's one reason why you could settle is you just don't believe you're lovable um, or you might not believe you're loved another reason is you and I often you know we we just we're just not willing to love God more than ourselves and so there's too high a price to be paid for for spiritual growth and so we're just not going to pay the price You see, in the beginning, in the middle, in the end, it's all about love. Do I honestly believe that I am am astonishingly loved by God, inspirationally loved by God, freely and joyfully loved by God, so that I'm going to live my life and and my whole life is going to be about loving God back? Or am I going to love this broken world? Am I going to try to, to buy a home in Fallujah or Ramadi and, and, and be frustrated when I can't find peace in this alien place? The Word of God says it this way um, in 1 John uh, 2, 15. Do not love the world. Again, it's all about love. It's all about the heart. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And, and, and I, I think that means both things, the love of the Father. I mean, I think it means the love from the Father and the love for the Father, that both of those things are, are, are really absent. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires will pass away, but the man who does the will of God will live forever. So the real reason some of us settle for being less than God's best is is we don't love God. And I'm just telling you, that's the biggest mistake that any of us could ever make in life. Guys, remember that love can't stay small. If you love, your life will change and it will change for good. This is called growth. God's love was never small for us. Remember the the scope and the scale of this God story that we're in that for God so loved the world in all of its brokenness that that he left heaven and he came down to earth and he gave his one and only son. And now, if in response to love, if any one of us will believe in Him, that we're not going to perish. Our lives aren't going to be circling the toilet. Our lives aren't going to be hopeless and, and chained to addiction. Our lives aren't going to be caught in a, in a generational curse and, and unhappiness. Our lives are not going to be utterly broken and sad and drowning in self-pity. No, 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 no. On the opposite, we're, we're going to have life and it's going to be an everlasting quality and quantity of, of life that we cannot imagine. That's the God story that we live in. And it's not a story of legalism, it's a story of love. It's the Jesus story. When we love well, when our hearts are ignited by God's love, we will live Jesus. And we will believe bigger than our circumstances, bigger than our problems, bigger than than. than than life around us. Guys, the truth is that God is bigger and our biggest problem is that we have a view of God that's just too stinking small. So, So love can't stay small. If you truly love God and the only way that's possible is that you have let God love you. If you have opened your heart and dared to believe that there is a God who knows you and delights in you, if the joy of that has seeped inside of you, it will continue to to grow and take over. It is a fire that that will ignite your heart and your life, and it will grow, and you will give your life away to Jesus. And it's not about acting and being religious. It's about, about being a new person with a new freedom. It's about accepting the love of God and accepting who you are in this world. Guys, don't reach for something less than what God has given you. Your highest vision of your life apart from God is is mud beneath the shoe compared to God's vision for your life. God's highest for your life is so far above all that you can imagine that for you and I to, to not reach for what God has and to reach for what we want, it's, it's kind of like the height difference between worm, dirt, and the tip of Mount Everest. I mean, you know, there's just a little difference in elevation, So it carries on into who we marry and and what we do and, and how we live our lives. But the simple reality is that it's all about love. And if you let love do its work in your life, you will grow spiritually. You will commit to follow Jesus in a way that will take over your life and bless you and everyone around you for generations to come. Jesus made it simple. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your mind and all of your soul and all of your strength. So what I want you to do today, what I want you to do today is to commit to growth, to becoming um, spiritually mature. Be therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. This is about not settling This is about not living small. Um, This is about not making excuses. It's about not allowing yourself to drown in the cancer of self-pity. It's about not uh, believing that this addiction that's defining you now is all there is for the future. This is about believing that God is bigger than the challenges of your marriage, of your job, or your next promotion. This is about letting love come to life Your life beating with the very heart of Jesus, with a faith that is bigger than anything else and any other love in your life. Ephesians 4.1 says, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. I, I have high ambitions. They're not for me. They're for you. My goal is to get to stand before God one day and to, to be with a community of people, the church at Severn Run, and, and, and for there to be a, a pocket of people in the flow of time who actually saw Jesus and listened deeply to what he had to say, and they believed in such a way that they, they actually grew and became mature and, and obeyed God in a way that glorified him and made him smile. I believe with all my heart That most people through time end up being religious rather than saved, rather than alive in the heart of Christ. I believe we have a chance in our time and in our lives and in all our challenges and circumstances to listen to Jesus and to do what he says and to rise above and to live great and extraordinary lives. Be perfect whole mature do not make excuses for not moving ahead even as your father in heaven is complete you be complete in him guys the truth is you are uniquely gifted by God to do something eternally significant with your life to reveal his glory on planet earth and the simple question is will you miss it or will you live it God's goal for our lives is maturity in Christ. And the reason some of us are so frustrated with God is we have different goals than God does. You know, I want to be happy. Um, I want to be, you know, comfortable. I want to be... And then you fill in the blank with a lot of other things. And God says, no, I want you to be mature. Here's the deal. Growth takes choice. Have you ever known... Um, anybody to become a great pianist uh, because they just decided in the morning, you know what, I think it'd be cool to play the piano. And suddenly, they can play. Those of you who've been involved in athletics, I think the the, the reason I love, um, you know, athletics, even though I'm not an athlete, is because it teaches you so much. Imagine somebody who says, I want to be an Olympic runner, but I don't want to hurt and sweat. (laughs) Sorry. If you truly love the idea of being your best as a runner, you know what you're going to have to do? Guess. Run. Uh, you guys are brilliant. <laughs> and guess what? When you run, you're going to sweat. I, I, here's the winning attitude I had. I can remember very much this was my second race in Midwest City, Oklahoma, in cross country. It was a nice, cool Oklahoma you know, uh, summer, like 104 and I'm running this race, uh, nowhere near the front, you know, several hundred guys, and, and you know, I'm nowhere near the front, and I'm running along, and here's the thought, three quarters of the way through the race, I could be home in air conditioning eating watermelon, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And then my mind switched back and says, but you're not, and you've chosen to be here, now do this thing. Guys, I want you to, to choose to Grow. I want you to today to cross the line and stop being namby-pamby, stop being wishy-washy, stop feeling sorry for yourself, stop making excuses for yourself. Decide who you love and live it. It's time to grow. Some of us have been stuck in the same whirlpools for so long, circling around in the same places, not growing, making the same mistakes, you know, stuck I'm telling you, it really is not a cliche to say life was given to us as a great adventure. When you and I dull it down and drain it of life, that's our doing, because we love something less than Jesus. But when the heart of the resurrected Son of God beats inside of you, and when your life is lit with the love of of the light of eternity, you will rise up. You will overcome. You will grow over it, whatever it is in your life. In fact, I want you to look at your neighbor right now and just tell him, "Grow over it." There we go. That just says it. The first uh, the first sermon that I ever preached at the Church of Severn was Ephesians four eleven through thirteen. And I, I told the church, that unless I got fired or, or died and didn't have a chance to preach my last sermon, um, that the last sermon I would, would preach would be Ephesians 4:11 through 13. And that in between, that this was what I was going to be about and try to do uh, to, to change our world. Because this gives me my marching orders and it gives you yours. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to equip God's people for works of service. So that the body of Christ may be built up. We've been criticized for for wanting to grow a lot. A lot of people have criticized that. And people are always willing to assign false motives to that. And here's my deep and intellectual response to that. Whatever. If you have a better plan for reaching the world, I'm all ears. But if you don't, shut up. I'm serious. I don't want to hear it. (laughs) you know we're in a situation where like the 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 car has gone off into the river and and we get two of the five family members out and we're standing on the side most churches saying you know what we're doing pretty darn good no there's three of my kids drowning down there and I'm gonna they're gonna come out or I'm gonna die trying and so so growth is the will of God until every man woman and boy and girl has a growing relationship with Jesus our job as a church is not done yet Amen. So God gave, um, you know, uh, some servant leaders, but those servant leaders are exactly not the point. He gave them to equip God's people for works of service so that your gifting, that that in in, in your growth and in your obedience and your passion and listening to the will of God, that the world could be changed. That your, your revealing of Christ would build up the body of Christ, that more and more people would believe that we would all come together agreeing in the unity of faith that Jesus is, is Lord. And, and listen, and that we would become mature. Maturity is God's goal for your life. And if it takes some, some sweating, if it takes some running, you know, often I'll get on my, my bike and, and ride and each time I go out I'll say, I'm just going to take it easy this time. And I never do. Again, I'm not that fast, but the goal is how fast can I be? And I'm looking at the clock. I'm looking at my average, and there's this little arrow saying you're a little below average right now, or you're you're doing faster. And every time I'm saying I'm just going to enjoy this ride, and I'm I'm killing it for me. That's you know, or somebody else will come up alongside me, and it's like I'm sorry, you know, you know, you may beat me, but I'm going to die, you know, along the way. And I'll come back, Marsha, say, did you enjoy your ride? I'm going no. I hurt, you know, but, but yes, I did enjoy it. Guys, your maturity may, no, 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 no. Your maturity is going to cost you some effort. You're going to have to choose to love Jesus more than the world. Sexuality uh, may have to become less of an idol and spirituality your goal. Uh, You're going to have to choose to live in, you know, blinded by a short time or with eyes that see all of eternity. You're going to have to make a choice and it's going to cost you and then you're going to have to sweat and make decisions against how you feel along the way. Because here's how mature God wants you to become. You may not have that much faith in God, but listen to how much faith God has in you, how much God believes in you until we all become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. God doesn't think you're going to be a little like Jesus. God doesn't want you to become a little spiritual. God's faith in you is that you are going to become as whole and grown as all of Jesus. And he will settle for nothing less in your life. Nothing, nothing, nothing less. And the simple truth is, you have to be using your gifts in giving your life away in love if you want to be growing. Jesus made disciples by taking them out on the road and bumping broken people bumping into other broken people. We make disciples by sending them in a classroom and sitting them down. And we wonder why we're not making disciples. Guys, in a minute, I'm going to ask you what's the one thing you're going to do differently this week for the sake of spiritual growth? And I'm going to ask you uh, in your, your worship folder to actually write it down. Um, if God gives it to you in this moment, then I want you to write it down in this moment. If it takes a little bit of prayer, but here's the deal. If you want to change, then you're going to have to take a single step. You're going to have to do one thing different to begin to break free and break through. Let me give you some practical uh, steps to spiritual growth. First of all, make sure you're saved, that you, that you have a new heart. And, and I mean this in the, the, the most freeing kind of way. If you're just religious, if you're just trying to, to knowledge your way into the kingdom of heaven, it's never gonna work. At some point, you, your will has to be broken and yielded and, and it's like a dam bursting and you have to let Jesus and his love flood in. And your life has to no longer be about you. It's gotta be about Jesus in a consuming way. And so if you're not saved, if you're not born again, it's not going to be possible. Be perfect even as your heavenly father is perfect. That comes from living from the heart of Jesus. Secondly, refuse to make peace with sin in your life. Sin kills spiritual growth. And the simple truth is you, you cannot grow and, and, and become mature. It's, it's kind of like trying to, um, you know, Uh, heal a bullet wound in the left arm while you're shooting yourself in the right arm it's it's kind of you know impossible uh, to get well drinking poison and when you and I make peace with sin and do what we know is wrong uh, live in in relationships that we know is wrong think stuff we know is wrong it's impossible while we choose to drink poison to, to get well the, the Word of God puts it this way um, in Romans eight thirteen, It says, If you live according to your sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Third, spend time daily in God's Word. Listen deeply, then pray back what, what you heard to God. You know, God's love letter is, is right here in the Holy Scriptures to you. Every answer that you need, every problem that you face, the breath of God is on every word in every page. If you and I will read the Holy Word of God and listen to the voice of God, everything becomes illuminated, everything changes. And live a life of praying back what you hear. Next, just run to Jesus with everything. This is what I pray for my daughter, Hannah, above all else. If, I, if I've taught her one thing in my life, I, I pray it's this, Hannah, run to Jesus, run to Jesus, run to Jesus. When you're struggling in a relationship, run to Jesus. When you're making a financial decision, run to Jesus. When you're feeling broken and vulnerable and, and, and abused by people, run to Jesus. In fact, the first moment in our lives, Jesus isn't the issue Uh, in an issue, you're headed to sin. And I'm astonished by how many of us avoid Jesus in the hard things of life, especially when he interferes with what we want. Lastly, use your gifts on mission. Help others find and follow Jesus. You cannot mature if you will not serve. You cannot mature if you will not serve. My goal uh, is not to put a lot of uh, religious people's backsides in seats on Sunday morning. My goal is to let Jesus make disciples um, and, and for him to send us out as broken people into a broken world. And so we will go into uh, to Severn, into Odenton, to, to Annapolis and beyond. We will go into Brooklyn Park and Curtis Bay and Brooklyn and Baltimore City and we will be a light in that city and we will, we will minister and we will serve and we will develop friendships and, and we will show the light and the love of Jesus. Amen? That's our call. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork, His masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance to do. Be perfect, even as your heavenly father is perfect. No excuses, no settling. So guys, I want to ask you to just bow your heads and and ask God, God, what's the one thing that you want me to do this week, practically, specifically? What's the one thing that you want me to do differently this week for the sake of my kingdom growth? in living your kingdom heart thank you for joining us today at the church at Severn Run please visit our website at SevernRun.com for church service information staff directories or for prayer requests and if you're in the D.C. Baltimore area we'd love to have you join us at 8187 Telegraph Road in Severn, Maryland we look forward to worshiping with you